0: For you Oh Michelle If I just keep rhyming you It's fine You on you (laughs)
1: Like Pitbull
0: Hey It's all right. Hey Pitbull Had a place (laughs) Kodak and Kodak Yo but he did it
1: It's not hard
0: (laughs) 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 I can rhyme Spoon with spoon Microphone with microphone What I'm saying though Is he got away with
1: it Did he I'm still talking about (laughs) it I'm the accuser And I'm still Bringing it up
0: Oh Man, (laughs) Uh, here we are again, uh, sitting across from one another. I hope everybody's doing okay out there. I just like sitting here. I think I like starting it like that sometimes and just telling you how much I like sitting here discussing the word of God with you.
1: Right back at you.
0: Awesome. And I always want to be a servant to you.
1: Right back at you. Right. As imperfect as my (laughs) servitude appears, I don't mind it.
0: And if y'all haven't caught on yet, this episode is about servitude. We've been called to serve by our king. We have been called to serve without expecting anything in return. There are huge amounts of edifying that happens when we serve one another. Because now it's two people who have put themselves aside to be there for someone else. And tonight we're going to talk about that. How deep that can go. Um, Jesus was a beautiful example of serving. And we're actually going to use Jesus. I mean, Hey, who better <laughs> than you to use than Jesus. But like, I really see this in something that's happened in my own life. I remember when I first came to church, man, we were a set up church. We were in a school. It was like every Sunday you show up, you take all of the instruments out, all the music out, all the stands out, man. all the chairs out. And, so and, and we have a, a really a driven pastor that <laughs> wants better things yeah, and wants it to look good and be good and just... And why? Because he has a servant's heart.
1: Right.
0: But he adds a lot. Yeah. And I remember showing up and it'd be like two, three, four people sometimes. You were there, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Which was awesome.
1: Bonding up.
0: (laughs) Actually. (laughs) Yeah. True. True. Now that I think about it. Yeah, it's yet another way we got to know each other. Right. But I came from the military and... I know that there was like eighty to hundred people every Sunday at church, and four people showed up, and I got bitter. I mean, real bitter. Like, what is wrong with people bitter? I'm um, coming from like again that military background where everyone comes in as a team and plays as a team, and everyone works together. We might not always like it, right. <laughs> but we always came together as a team. And I remember just it was riling me up, and I know we had discussed it a couple times. Yeah, but I finally was driving to church one morning. And it was the pipe and drapes that brought this on. <laughs> the famous pipe and drapes.
1: That broke the camel's back. That broke back. the camel's back, right?
0: <laughs> it was an addition to an already daunting task. And it was all about me. What about me? What about me? What about them? You know, like in an in in right. a, 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 uh,
1: accusatory.
0: And I was driving church. And God likes to slap me sometimes. And he's like, why are you going to church? Is it for you? Is it for them or is it for me? And it actually led me to the verse that says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And that's in first Corinthians 10. Do it for the glory of God. If you can dial that in, you are on top of things.
1: Yeah. When we were going through that, because I remember I was struggling too, just because it's easy to focus on. I kind of saw it like Mary and Martha, like that's, I felt like. I was having an existential crisis. I was like, am I being too Martha and everyone's doing it right because they're Mary and they just come for the word and I'm Martha in here like scrubbing dishes like is am I wrong? Like and I think a lot of us when it comes to servitude, sometimes we might land on one of these stories and try and figure out, you know, who are we supposed to be in our servitude and what about when it doesn't seem fair, when it doesn't feel fair And then I came to the realization that honestly, servitude is the highest honor. Mm, You know, Jesus came humbled as a servant in Matthew 23. It says the greatest among you shall be your servant. And when he started revealing those verses to me, they spoke to me because I was like, who am I to think I'm in the lowest position when I'm doing what Christ would be doing? And I need to overcome these feelings that are causing bitterness and causing judgment that passes on into the service when everyone else arrives. There's people who have different callings. There are people who were ignoring their calling. Let me call those people out as well. But there are people who that wasn't their role to play regardless. But no matter what role you're in, anytime you serve, there's a blessing. And rather than being focused on all the toil, it's so much better to focus on what's being built up on the eternal side. For you, you know, the Bible says that you are blessed when you bless and you're watered when you water. But when you can even pass that optimism up and go to the next level where it's like, no, I'm helping God. I'm furthering his kingdom in this little way. Look at all the people benefiting, Mm, all the people being blessed. And in Colossians 3, it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And I love Shout out to our pastor who he adds stuff, but, you know, he's always there to help with what he added.
0: All right, he always working. <laughs> and,
1: you know, before any of us, before Shay joined the church, before I joined the church, it was pastor and his family that were there. And they came with a smile, served with a smile, worked with a smile, with excitement and joy. That's a lesson in itself. It's not about counting up who's there looking at the attendance roll call. It's about being there, being present and being Happy to serve God.
0: So then can you imagine the 12 disciples?
1: Oh, man. When they
0: were told by Jesus that, yeah, we ain't going around Samaria.
1: We're (laughs) we're going straight in. I mean,
0: like, they had some stuff there. Oh, yeah. Lots
1: um, of history. A lot of
0: history there. But, you know, Jesus dug right in because why? He was called to selfless service to bring glory to God. That is what we've been called to do, to bring selfless service so that we bring glory to God. When Jesus said, hey, let's go into Samaria. He had a purpose. His disciples were probably like, okay, I mean, we promised we'd follow him. You know, we said we would follow him. So they just followed him. Probably a lot of things were going through their minds. And then when he meets the Samaritan woman and everybody else is away, you know, getting food from town, we see this beautiful opening to how someone who knows how to serve, who knows how to bring love and the word of God to somebody, who knows how to glorify God, really plays in this role. They came into Samaria to serve the Samaritans. And to serve them what, God's glory. It had nothing to do with hey let's have friendship bracelets, <laughs> 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 let, let, you know let's, let's let let's draw pictures and, and and stuff together. You know who knows maybe that happened. I don't know. I don't know disciples right. like that. But anyways, <laughs> but it was to bring glory to God. I know you're laughing. because What you thinking?
1: I just imagine little friendship bracelets, Jesus and me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: but it's like, but it's like that though. We, we we do, we, we always expect in the, in the serving. And, and, and what's beautiful about this story is, I mean, here is Jesus taking water. The first thing, Hey, I'm thirsty. It's a beautiful story of how a people who occupied part of the country formerly belonged to the tribe of Ephraim, right? And the half tribe of Manasseh, they intermarried with foreigners, you know, so they were mixed, adopted the foreign idolatrous religions, vigorously attempted to halt the undertaking of rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem in Nehemiah. They built a temple for themselves. And then, the, you know, the leader of, Samar- of the Samaritans established his son-in-law, Manasses as a high priest. It wasn't even Levitical. Samaria became a place of refuge for outlaws of Judah. You can find that in Joshua 20, 21, right? Willingly received Jewish criminals and refugees from justice. They received the excommunicated, only accepted the five books of Moses (laughs) and rejected everything else. They're like, ah, we're good. Right. And this is where Jesus was going. Isaiah even breaks it down. I just want people to understand. You know, like sometimes we look at the Samaritans and we're like, oh, you know, they were just mean to those, those people who were of, you know, of a different background. But even Isaiah comes in in Isaiah 28, 7 through 10. He says, now, however, Israel is led by drunks. Now, Israel, if you read up from that, it's the Samaritans. He's talking about Israel. It was the break. It was the the Israel. Israel went north. Judah stayed in Jerusalem. It was during their split, which happened in like 9, I think it was 975 B.C., somewhere around there. But anyways, but here he is. He says, now, however, Israel is led by drunks. Who reel with wine and stagger with alcohol. The priests and prophets stagger with alcohol and lose themselves in wine. They reel when they see visions and stagger as they render decisions. Their tables are covered with vomit. Filth is everywhere. Who does the Lord think we are? They ask. Why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children just recently weaned? He tells us everything over and over, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there. Obviously, there was some bad blood here.
1: Right. Right. They felt condescended to by the Lord. They felt like the Lord was insulting their intelligence when really with a humble mind, they'd be like, so we're just not getting it and we need to do better. But when you have a rebellious heart, that's how you come at God.
0: Right. Yeah, we do. Right. <laughs> like, right. But when my heart's rebellious, <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, God, why?
1: You right. Know? We come at him right. like, why do you have to be like that? Right, and it's right, like, right. well, why am I the way I am?
0: But what's cool is Jesus, with all of that, he didn't care about it. The religious aspect, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the Jewish people cared. Why I said, I'll bet the 12 disciples really had a moment when Jesus said, nah, we'll just go through Samaria. There was really a lot of that bad blood. But see, Jesus comes on the scene in this serving. And see, this is kind of how we should design and, and, and kind of mirror how we serve. It doesn't matter who they are or what they've done The point Jesus was going towards when he went into Samaria was to what? Glorify
1: God. Right.
0: To bring a message of God.
1: With the disciples, it's a perfect reflection because when you hear love your enemies, serve your enemies, feed your enemies, clothe your enemies, bless your enemies, this might offend depending on who you're picturing in your head right now. I always say, who's your Nineveh, right? Like going back to Jonah, who's your Nineveh? The group that you would not be excited for if they got saved because you hate them that much. So depending on who you're thinking of as your enemy right now, it might be offensive to think, wait, why is God calling me to be so good to them? Because maybe they don't have Christ or they've shown that their track record is they have Him but they don't care about serving their enemies right back, you know but no they'll the jump
0: dis- I'm sorry they'll, they'll jump right to the heap coals on their head, but we're giving it back to God.
1: Right. We might want to shirk it off because it's incredibly powerful stuff. That's, that's how you know it's incredibly potent because we want to in our flesh, in our anger, in our feelings, we want to shirk off this call. We want to excuse it away with actual excuses, but it diffuses bombs. You know, Jesus was the king that was promised. He mm, is the king that was promised. Go. Yes. But they were not looking for him. They were looking for someone to deliver them out of their current situation physically, Mm, right? right? They weren't looking for someone who on an eternal level, on an individual personalized one by one level would deliver them out of anything. They were looking for someone to take control as a literal king right then and there and literally kill their enemies right then and there. And so when they saw someone who was calling them to do more and their enemies, hey, come over here. Join us. Completely counterintuitive. But the difference is that kind of behavior interrupts a person's oppositional stance. That makes them check themselves because they're seeing Christ through you in that moment. Right. And they have to reconcile that. Even if they don't find Christ, you did God's will. You know, sometimes the worldly winner is the eternal loser. Right. Not wanting to serve your enemies is not a you and your enemy issue. It is a you and God issue if you decide not to do it, because it's not about what they've done and it's not about who they are and it's not about who you are. It's about God saying you need to no matter what. He doesn't give an asterisk, right? We always are looking for the fine print. He doesn't give an asterisk. He's saying, do this uncomfortable, sacrificial, frankly, annoying thing, you know, until your heart's in a better place. But do this thing. And he's going to tell you and show and reveal to you like the methods in which you're to serve them. Sometimes it's going to be more radical than you think. And sometimes it's going to be smaller than you think. But regardless, he calls us to do it.
0: And that's why I like that, that, that one verse, heap coals on their heads, right? (laughs) heap coals. And see, you know, why I like that. It's not that I see a punishment, but I've given it over into God's court. I feel so much better when I just turn things over the pipe and drape. (laughs) I seriously had a weight lifted off my chest on that drive to church that Sunday when I said, you know what? I'm here to serve God and through serving God, I will serve his people. And my wife knows generally, I would say 90 something percent of the time. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty high. Uh, I go in there with a with a joyful heart. Yeah. wanting to serve our our body because you know what? I just like being there. I like being with people that love God, that serve God, that want to be with God. And it does usher in. I remember you know earlier in this conversation you were saying how like it wrecks the rest of the service. Now I usher in and worship. Right. And my heart it's like this complete alignment. You come in to serve You serve with a a genuine heart. That genuine heart goes into the worship. And then now you're in this beautiful worship to God and you're in your communication. And then you hear the word of God. See, now you're receptive to the word of God. And then in the closing, it's almost like, no, 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 no. You've seen me stand up on stage and sing with the (laughs) band as they play out. You know, it's like, I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop. And that's what that leads you to. When you have that servant's heart, that selfless heart that heart that wants to serve others without expectation. So that is what we need to do. That is what people need to do because when you serve, it leads people to God's glory.
1: Right. You know, last season we had the episode about worship obedience to to the Lord is worship. And that explains what you were saying about why when you usher that in, you know, you and the people around you can ride that wave for the entirety of service. When you're focusing on other people, a lot of your own problems fade into the background. They're taken care of. You find that they're taken care of because the Lord's working in them at the same time. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's just calling you to focus elsewhere. Because how often is it when you're hyper-focused on something, it gets worse? Right. Like when you're on autopilot, you can do a lot of things better than when you realize you're doing them and become super self-conscious about them. And it makes me think of Philippians 2. I would recommend reading... The entire first twelve verses. (laughs) Oh yeah. Read the whole thing. But the first (laughs) twelve verses are really about this. And so I'm gonna paraphrase a little, but in three, it says, Don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. So don't serve to get yours or to prove that you're something or that you're working on who you wanna be, right? Because then you're still hyper focused in the wrong place and things are gonna just get to be too much. You're gonna feel overwhelmed. And you're going to feel like you don't have enough to get through. Whereas when you're humble, thinking of others is better than yourselves. That's when your heart's really in the right place and you're drawing from that well of Christ that will strengthen you and provide you with yes. what you need, you know, so that you're not only looking out for your own interests, but you're, you're focused on theirs as well. Mm. And it's a beautiful symbiotic relationship he's put into the body of Christ. And it says in five, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had, which Ooh, is what we've said, right, right? You know, He said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor, which goes back to what I was saying earlier about being a servant is the highest position mm. because you're emulating the creator of all things, who has dedicated his existence right. to serving his creation, his children. He's, he's put all this effort, all this work, all this time and love and dedication into us. Right. And it's benefiting him as well, of course. But that's the mindset that we need to have. It's a shine brightly for Christ.
0: Wow. That leads in perfectly. The apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, had that mentality. He wanted to serve, but he wanted to bring glory to God through that servitude. 1 Corinthians 9, and I, and I like how he, I always call him the chameleon, but whatever. He it's never true. He never sold out for what he believed, but he embraced other people. He embraced other cultures.
1: Found common ground. Yeah, found
0: common ground with different demographics, right? Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ, to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share its blessings. Christ is mentioned so many times in that short little section of verses, to bring it to Christ. So when we serve, it's all about that. It's all about bringing it to Christ. No matter what you do, bring it to Christ. You serve others. Do it with the image of Christ. When you love on others, and that served it too, right? Bring glory to God in it. Don't be selfish. Don't be angry. Don't be bitter like me in the pipe and drapes. Trust. It will just slow you down, but let it go. Amen. So I challenge everyone today. Let it go. Amen.
1: Amen. This has been awesome. Yeah, it's been good. I think this is a pantry staple for sure because this is at the heart of the Christian walk. So store it up there with your flour, with your sugar, (laughs) chocolate chips. You know, that's a pantry staple in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, As always, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your prayer requests, your thoughts and your questions. And you can do all that by contacting us on thepantrypodcast.com or on Facebook and Instagram, The Pantry Podcast share review comment subscribe that just helps this message of christ get out further and that is the goal each and every week so until next time bye bye